This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. We have today's winner in the 620 CKRM Country Cookout Contest. A farmer at Penzance tells us his harvest is about 90% complete and yields are down significantly due to drought. We have the latest crop report from Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture, which shows farmers made excellent harvest progress during the past week. Three quarters of the crop is in the bin. Viterra partners again with STARS Air Ambulance for fundraising. And we have more details on the latest hail problems. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And Mazeng Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazeng, 306-721-6667. A farmer from Penzance, northwest of Regina, is today's winner in the 620 CKRM Country Cookout Contest. Chris Thorson farms about 7,000 acres and says harvest is nearing completion. Oh, you know, it hasn't been, uh, hasn't been the biggest, uh, biggest yields, but uh, the prices seem to be uh, looking after that for us, so we'll be okay in the end. Percentage complete, what would it be? We got, I guess we got eight quarters left out of 40, so I don't know, we've probably got, what, 10% left here. And how are our yields? Yields are half or slightly less than, than our average, <laughs> but uh, we didn't have any rain during the growing season after uh, May 27th. So, I mean, it's amazing what still does grow with, without any, any extra moisture in the, at the end of the year. How much rainfall did you get? We had about, I want to say about two, just a little over two inches before uh, the end of May, and then we actually had absolutely nothing until kind of halfway through harvest here. We got another, uh, another couple inches and uh, kind of slowed us down a little bit, but uh, we'll take the moisture no matter what. Boy, with that lack of moisture where you are, I'm amazed you got that kind of crop. I'm I'm shocked what uh, what actually grew. <laughs> Things are green now, though. When do you hope to wrap up? Should be done here in a few days. I have four or five days. We should have things wrapped up um, if everything goes smoothly. But farming doesn't seem to always do that for us. So let's say seven days will be done. What would you say was your best crop this year and your worst crop? Probably. Uh, the lentils probably would have been kind of the worst. We had some uh, stuff that we left and just finished up here a while ago, but the yields are down. But the prices are extremely high on everything. So uh, canola, always the one crop that seems to uh, surprise us and pay the bills. So it's, uh, I would say our canola was probably our best crop. You've already talked about this, but give me a better reaction to markets. Your thoughts on the prices right now? Well, they can stay like that forever, and farming would be a lot easier, that's for sure. <laughs> Prices are on most of the commodities are, are double of what the historical average is, so we uh, we got half the yield and double the price, so it's uh, a little less than half, I suppose, but it costs you a little less to put a smaller crop through the combines and haul it to the to the end market, so it's in the end it all evens out and we'll be all right. Did you think you'd, in your lifetime you'd ever see this many grains at $20 a bushel or higher? No. Well, I mean... Everything needs to go up because everything that we're buying is going up too, but these prices are very, very attractive and positive, and uh, hopefully they're setting some new plateaus that they won't drop below in the future. 
Chris Thorson is today's 620 CKRM Country Cookout winner. He farms at Penzance, about 110 kilometers northwest of Regina. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch eavesdrops. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesdrops.ca and Farmtronics in Regina, your farm electronics specialists. From moisture testers to security cameras, keeping your farm running productively and efficiently since 1977. 380 Henderson Drive. Saskatchewan farmers made excellent harvest progress this past week. Provincial Crops Extension Specialist Matt Struthers says about three-quarters of the crop is in the bin. There's been great progress this week. Uh, we're sitting at 74% of the crop now combined, and that's up from 56% last week, of course. And we're well ahead of our five-year average of 50%. So lots of combines are out last week, and a lot of crop was taken off. And just the weather was weather was good. There was very few rain delays, so that helped. And there's an additional 17% of the crop swathed or ready to straight combine. So, you know, a lot of crop still out there, but uh, it'll be picked up and, or cut quite quickly. And, you know, just some warm and dry weather is desired to just keep things going out without delay. What's the harvest percentage by region? The southwest is sitting at 85%. Uh, the southeast, uh, 81. West central, 79. East central, 63. Northeast, 69. And the northwest with 57. So everyone's still well ahead of where they normally are. And if we get the desired weather that uh, producers want, I think we will probably be done the first week of October maybe. How are grades? Well, grades, so we asked grades this week. Durham was rated as 27% grade 1, 34% grade 2, 28% grade 3, and 11% grade 4 and 5. P grades were estimated as 25% grade 1, 62% grade 2, 12% grade 3, and 1% sample grade. Followed by lentils, which is estimated to be 20% grade 1, 62% grade 2, 15% grade 3, and 3% sample grade. It's important to know that the Durham and P grades for 1 and 2 fall below average or the 10-year average for the province, but the lentil grades 1 and 2 actually are above the 10-year average, which is, which is promising to see. Was there much rain this week? No, there was very little rain across the province. The most was 15 mils in the Shaunavon and Gull Lake areas, as well as just north of North Battleford. But that 15 mils didn't do much besides delay harvest. It just wasn't, an, it's, you know, that's, that's not enough to change any of the, the weather or the, the soil dryness and the drought impact over the summer. So we saw a fall in the provincial topsoil moisture rating. So for cropland, it's rated as 36% adequate, 38% short, 26% very short. For hay and pasture, it's rated as 21% adequate, 44% short, and 35% very short. So after harvest, we're going to need a really good, significant rain to help bring those numbers up. What were the main causes of crop loss? This week, there's some minor hail damage, uh, you know, and wind. There's a lot of wind going through and, and blowing over swaths and, and laying down some crops that are still standing. And then as well as the dry conditions of the year, just keep hammering away on, on the, the poor crops out there. And there was a couple instances of frost in the uh, around the North Battleford area and as well as a couple spots down here in the south. But it's unlikely that that frost was a killing frost. It didn't get that cold and it wasn't for that long. So hopefully those crops will pull through all fine and, and uh, they'll be okay. And it's likely that they're too far advanced anyways to be harmed greatly. I understand there was also some waterfowl and wildlife damage. Yeah, there's been a couple instances or uh, reports of waterfowl and uh, wildlife, you know, trampling crops or messing up swaths and just making it difficult to either harvest or uh, reduction in yield just from their consumption of the grain and, and food out there. So unfortunate to see, but you know, what are you going to do when a bunch of geese land in your field, right? 
Provincial Crops Extension Specialist Matt Struthers compiles the weekly crop report for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. We're joined right now by the CEO of Abacus Data. It is David Coletto. David, how are you? I'm well, Sean. How are you doing? Pretty good. Well, we're less than a week away. This has uh, <laughs> been the most interesting of election campaigns. You put out a new poll yesterday, and the headline pretty much tells it all. Conservatives and liberals tied post-debates as liberals open up clear leads in Ontario and Quebec. Um, is, are, are we settling here at this point for a liberal minority? Is, is that where we're headed? I mean, I think that's the most likely outcome. I think, uh, you know, based on those regional numbers with the liberals ahead by seven in Ontario, ahead by seven in Quebec, competitive in, in BC, you know, it's looking a lot like the 2019 campaign and how that ended with the liberals, you know, losing the popular vote, but still uh, winning more seats than the conservatives. But I still think there's a few variables that are hard to read um, and, and we don't really have a firm grasp on. One of them is voter turnout. Um, we know from our polls that conservative voters are more motivated, they're more engaged, they're more interested in this election. They're also more likely to say they're going to vote. And, and so in an election where I think a lot of people are annoyed by it, maybe not engaged as much, that could be a factor in, in helping the conservatives you know, get over the liberals. I, I'm not certain yet that it's going to happen, but it's something to watch carefully because you've heard reports of, you know, slow uh, voting during the advance polls this past weekend and yesterday. And and if that, you know, is the case on election day, if you're somebody who's not all that excited to vote and see a long line at your polling station, are you going to sit in it, right? Um, so that's, that's one of the big factors. Uh, the, the last, the other one is this, you know, often in these final days of the campaign, we often do see one party kind of take off a little bit and, and one um, sort of move down. And, and I think the big question is whether New Democrat voters in particular stay with the NDP or whether some of them are ultimately convinced to go and vote for the Liberals. So those factors, I think, are at play, but I don't see any path for um, either of the two main parties to win a majority. But I do think there's there's, there's some likelihood that the Conservatives could still win the most seats. Yeah, Mr. Toole and the Conservatives really really need the, the NDP to steal some of those left-leaning votes in, in places like you know, Toronto and, and Montreal and such like that. They do, and it, it's, it's critical. And, and, you know, the NDP polling around 21% is, is, is really helpful, at least uh, at this stage. But in 2019, the NDP got 16%. And that, that kind of last-minute, I think, switch helped the Liberals just get over uh, the, you know the line in, in a number of those ridings in Ontario, and and so we'll see. Um, it, it's not it, you know it doesn't always happen that people slip out and, and and switch their support, but of of those supporters, Democrats are still the most likely to say they could change their mind um, between now and when they actually cast the ballot. What what about the People's Party? Uh, will they have some sort of impact on on the, on the conservative? seat winnings you have the people's party at four percent there is other polls upwards of i I think like nine and ten what's Mm -hmm. your thoughts Mm -hmm. on the role they'll play in this election next monday 
I think it, it really depends on where that number is. Um, you're right. There is right now some difference of opinion uh, from the polls on where the People's Party is. You know, I think that when you look at who, who says they're going to vote uh, for Max Bernie and the People's Party, um, a good chunk of them come from the Conservatives. They voted Conservative last time, uh, but not all of them. And, you know, there's there's a large number of former Green supporters. There's It's, it's a really diverse coalition of, of people who, you know, agree, uh, you know, with Max Bernier's views probably on, on vaccines and restrictions. They're probably looking to make a protest against the status quo. But if I if they're going to hurt anybody, they'll likely hurt the Conservatives more. Um, and so in, in a number, if there's a number of close riding, if the People's Party is taking an extra 3 or 4% that they might ex- be normally expected to, that could be the difference between uh, the Conservative candidate winning that riding or not. So that's the other thing I'm watching for is whether or not those People Party supporters who would normally be Conservative as they get closer to Election Day and realize that Justin Trudeau actually can lose this election. And the best way to do that is to vote Conservative. Do they return back into the fold? We'll see. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. Infuse some energy into your next corporate event, customer meeting, or conference with Real Ag Radio, Canada's national agriculture radio show. Create a unique experience at your next event with host Sean Haney, broadcasting Real Ag Radio live on Sirius XM, featuring exciting guests, captivating interviews, and the latest news from the agriculture community. Contact advertising at realagriculture.com or call 587-787-1795 to book your on-location with Real Ag Radio today. Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive, maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, sunny, wind west 40, gusting to 60, the high 16, the low plus 2 with risk of frost tonight. Friday, partly cloudy, wind south 30, gusting to 50, the high tomorrow 18, the low 10. Hot on Saturday, sunny with a high of 29, the low 9 degrees. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high 25. 60% chance of evening showers Sunday, the low 9. Monday, cloudy, 60% chance of showers, the high 17, the low plus 5. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high 17, the low plus 5. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high 19. Normal high for this date, 18, the normal low is 3. The sun rose at 6.36 this morning. It sets at 7.11 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot in the southeast corner, yellow grass at 16. The cold spot up north, 3 degrees in Jimmy Lake. Estevan is 15, Saskatoon 11, Swift Current 12, Weyburn and Yorkton both 15. Regina is partly cloudy and 14, that's 57 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west at 42, gusting to 57. Humidity is 39%, the barometer falling 100.8. Partly cloudy in Moose Jaw, it's 14. Winds are from the west at 41, gusting to 59. Once again, Regina, partly cloudy and 14. That's 57 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. 
This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers, mcdougalauctions.com. And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. For the seventh straight year, Viterra is partnering with STARS on the Air Ambulance Calendar Campaign Fundraiser. Viterra will be covering the printing costs of all the calendars. CEO of Viterra, Kyle Jaworski, says it's an easy decision to partner with STARS since they have had to utilize their services in the past. With all of our different facilities across Western Canada, we number about 100. And so a lot of those are in rural Western Canada. And uh, again, when you look at the role that STARS plays, it's just a natural fit with what our employees uh, require in terms of emergency medical services. So, you know, we've unfortunately uh, had a couple of staff, uh, non-work-related incidents that have actually utilized STARS and are doing very well today, and I think in large part due to STARS. Over the last seven years, Viterra has contributed over $1.6 million to STARS fundraising efforts. So we'll be selling them at, uh, at all of our uh, locations, our rural locations. And uh, on top of selling the calendars, we also sell the merchandise, so STARS merchandise. And uh, a big role that we play is, is promotion. We want to make sure that we continue to get the, the word out in terms of uh, supporting STARS. So there's other ways that our farmer base, uh, on top of the purchases of the calendars, will support STARS. Jaworski says the calendar tells the story about STARS Air Ambulance and its vital service. Most of our target audience is our, our customer base, is our rural base. So uh, when you look at uh, farmers still, for a lot of purposes, still like to have calendars around. They still like to utilize calendars for various purposes. Uh, we haven't completely digitized that. Um, but the day that that does happen, we'll find another great option that allows us to continue to tell the good star story. Jaworski was also asked about the impact of this year's drought on crop production across Saskatchewan. Drought has had a major impact. We're uh, in a lot of areas, we've experienced the worst drought in history. On top of the, the lack of moisture was just the considerable heat blast. And uh, it's put a lot of stress on production in a lot of areas. Um, so, you know, we're going to be down considerably compared to an average crop year. Um, there's various forecasts out there right now that would, uh, would peg the crop uh, sub 60 million versus, you know, in excess of 78 last year. Uh, so it's a tremendous drop. Um, you know, the positives is uh, prices have responded, so we're seeing very good pricing in most of the commodities to help s offset some of that production loss, but we're definitely in the midst of uh, one of our worst droughts that we've seen uh, in a considerable amount of time, and in some cases ever. Kyle Jaworski is the president and CEO of Regina-based Viterra. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Co-op Hail Insurance is wrapping up the numerous crop damage claims from hailstorms at the end of August and the 1st of September. Chief Operating Officer Dan Anderson says work on the claims should be done by tomorrow. We are at about 95% done. We probably should get finished up tomorrow with all the outstanding claims that we have. We've only got about 40 left to do. So, but it's been uh, it's been fairly extensive. So, our our guys have been working very diligently to get it done. September or August 31st, September 1st. 
is probably going to be almost $5 million for those two days and with about 227 claims. What area was hit the worst? Pretty much from, you know, just north of, well, Assiniboia got some pretty big hail stones happen early in the morning and then that traveled up and and by Moose Jaw all the way to Edenwold, very significant hail. That's the hail that hit northwest Scare, northwest Regina. And so that was very devastating to the canola that was standing. And then over it went over to Yorkton and Melville area, not quite as bad there, as well as up into Prince Albert again for the second time this year. That really wasn't that bad either. But the uh, just south of Moose Jaw all the way to Edenwold was was really bad. What were the size of stones? Those ones weren't nearly as big as the Assiniboia ones. They were more dime-sized, but there was lots. So when it comes like that, with a little bit of wind, it shears off the, the pods pretty easily at that state. And you're asking farmers to leave check strips? Yes, if it, you know, obviously at this time of year, it's it's imperative that they get as much crop off as they can. So we ask them to leave check strips in each corner of the field. Usually, do the first round, and then on the second one, leave us stripped in each corner, and then one in the center, so that our adjusters can have a a good idea of of just how much damage is in each corner. And then do their, you know, one, the one in the middle kind of tells which way it goes from there. So usually about a combine header wide by about 40 to 50 feet long. And uh, that gives us a very good representation of, of what's left there. How do you describe this year for hail claims? Pretty, uh, pretty extensive. You know, we didn't have a lot of early hail in May and June. Obviously, it wasn't raining, so it wasn't hailing either. But, you know, we've had probably five or six days that that were really bad. Uh, you have your July 11th and July 22nd were big. And then those ones were about $12 million for us. Then August 23rd plus the 31st and 1st. And then throw in some other days. It was very hard hit this year because of the the maturity of the crop and the, the lateness of the hail. I mean, late hail is always, there is no recovery for the plant. And, uh, yeah, we've averaged almost $30,000 a claim. Dan Anderson is the Chief Operating Officer of Regina-based Co-op Hail Insurance. Canadian oat production will be about 45% lower than one year ago due to extreme heat and limited rain during the growing season. About three-quarters of the oats has been combined in the key east-central and northeast region of Saskatchewan. Scott Shields, lead grain buyer with Grain Millers in Yorkton, talks about crop quality to date. What we've seen in, in what's came off has been okay. Uh, real early we saw very light oats, um, stuff that we were very concerned about. Uh, since then the quality has gotten better. Test weights are down. They're definitely down from normal, in, and in some cases they are down to kind of the bottom of our tolerance limits. We're finding is that there's actually a lot of oats out there that are, are light test weight, but the thin counts and the small growth counts actually aren't that high. Needless to say, milling oat prices are very attractive. We're 575 here off the combine, a number I never thought I'd ever say uh, in relation to conventional oats, 
and all the way out into the spring summer we're we're over six bucks and uh, those are prices normally reserved for organic to see that out there i mean i think it's good that the price has gotten to a point where it's going to encourage producers to continue growing oats um, in a market where twenty dollar canola is reality and uh, you know pushing forty dollars for flax and eight nine dollar barley and ten dollar wheat you name it the markets are all very strong so we've got to be up there to compete stats canada estimates oat production at just under 2.6 million tons compared to 4.57 last year a drought year can be a learning experience at a research farm that's the attitude of blake wyseth the applied research lead at the glacier farm media discovery farm and agriculture research chair at sas polytechnique the Discovery Farmers on the Ag in Motion site near Langham. I think a lot of times you think about, you know, how do we make the best use of our fertilizer to get the most crop growth out of every pound of fertilizer we're putting down. But I think this year especially we're thinking, you know, how do we get as many bushels as we can from every inch of rain that we received on the site. So some of the projects we're doing are looking at, you know, what factors do different management practices have on really making the best use of water across the field. It was a pretty dry growing season at the Discovery Farm. Total rainfall over the growing season, I would say, is right in the order of about 100 millimeters from May 1st up until now. But even within that, a lot of it was focused even early on, so right around uh, the May long weekend and into June. From about June 10th onwards until the end of August, we really didn't have much for measurable rain. So yeah, that certainly did have a, an impact on the yield this year. Detailed information on yields will be released in a November report. Market Update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. See Nelson GM today. And Western Ag Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit growmoreprofit.com. Grain prices were showing upward movement in early trading. Viterra prices for canola rose 30 cents at 861.52. Flax gained $19.69 at $1,173.36. Number one red spring wheat gained 34 cents at 385, $385. The rest were unchanged. Durham 606.47. Feed barley 329.65, lentils 1062.50, oats 362.53, yellow peas $505.19, feed wheat 261.65. On the Minneapolis Exchange this morning, hard red spring wheat for December fell one and a half cents at 903 and a quarter cent a bushel. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now the latest quotes. Hello, Calumet, Junior for Heartland Livestock of Yorkton, with your market report for the week of September 15th. We had a nice running offer here this week of 1,070 in the pre-sort, 230,000 bulls for a total of 1,300. Well, in the feeder sale this week, we saw a lot of top-cut cattle bringing some of the highest prices in western Canada this week. Here are a few highlights. 493 pound buckskin steers, 258 and a quarter. 565 weight buckskin steers, 245.50. 640 weight steers, 230. 715 pound buckskin steers, 222 and a quarter. And your 781 pound big brothers at 208 and a quarter. 485 pound black steers, 244. 630s at 230. 710 pounds at 221. 775 pound black steers at 209 and a quarter. 
500-pound red X steers, 238. 630 weight red X steers, 232. 709-pound red X steers, 220. And the 767-pound red X steers, 210 and a quarter. The heifers are still back 35 to 40 cents from their brothers. Our cow sale this week, we saw 210 cows, average 82 and a quarter. D1, D2 cows, 80 to 90 with a high of 92. D3 cows, 70 to 77 with a high of 79. Your light shelly cows, 67 to 69. Our half rats averaged $1.11. This Friday, September 17th, is the 11th annual Barlin horse sale. There will be colts and broke horses for some, from some of the top genetics in the quarter horse and paint horse industry. Sale starts at 5 p.m. Producers, we are running two-day pre-sorts for the rest of the fall. Please deliver all feeder cattle by 4 p.m. on Monday and Tuesdays for the sort. This time of the year, it is great to see all the top-cut cattle being delivered by our producers, but even better is watching one of the strongest rows of order buyers in Western Canada paying top dollar for these cattle. Once again, this has been Junior reporting for the high-dollar market, HLS Yorkton. Thank you, and have a great day. And the latest pork prices, 210.41 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by the Prairie Co-op Grow Team, fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton, and Strasburg, and brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. Feedlots are able to add a variety of food products to cattle rations when they are available. It can be misshapen or visually unappealing vegetables or out-of-date food products that would end up in a landfill. The Canadian Cattlemen's Association wants to tell that story to the average consumer who knows little or nothing about beef production. In June, the CCA held an online focus group with 88 consumers, two-thirds women, mostly from cities or the suburbs and under the age of 45. Amy Peck is the CCA's Public and Stakeholder Engagement Manager. She says food waste is an important topic for consumers. It really aligns with national and international climate change discussions. So whether it's the Government of Canada or whether it's the United Nations, there's a lot of overarching goals around reducing food waste. It's known to be a large problem. 8% of emissions globally are just simply due to the methane emissions of food waste in landfills. Peck says the surveyed consumers trust cattle producers, although they are unsure about the various messages they have heard about cows being responsible for methane emissions. She says it's important to get positive messages for consumers on video and social media posts. On the markets, the TSX is down 121 points at 20,572. The Dow has fallen 101 points at 34,712. Oil is down 24 cents at 72.37 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is down 34 one-hundredths of a cent at 78.82 cents U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide.